you are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is being dropped on the 22nd day of January 2020. And I'm a little sick. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm under the weather. But I got to do this. I got to pull a Cal Ripken. I got to show up today because they're making the Hall of Fame announcements. Actually, in just a couple of minutes from now. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player Five, all the places you get your podcast. You can listen to us directly on the website, LockedOnMLB.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On MLB. Lots of great stuff that Eric and company are putting together. And I am personally at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> Um, you can probably hear my, I have a bit of a cough. My voice isn't as strong as it would like to be. I'd like to take a day off, maybe throw an evergreen podcast on, or maybe say, hey, it's January. You can go one day without a lockdown MLB podcast, but not on a day like today. This is the announcement of the Hall of Fame ballots. And what I wanted to do, and I, and I have a tendency to do this when I was on the old podcast, Sully Baseball, is I like to record the first part and then just sort of give you my predictions, what I think will happen, what I want to happen. And then we record the second part where we go over what actually did happen. So uh, first and foremost, uh, there are several players who are on the ballot who obviously had Hall of Fame caliber careers. The PED uh, cloud hangs over their head. Any other scenarios, Bonds and Clemens would have been in the Hall of Fame eight years ago. Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez... Uh, Gary Sheffield, for that matter, would all be in at this point. But they're not. They're not. We know Ted Simmons is in because of the Veterans Committee. And those players who I just mentioned who have the PED, uh, for the lack of better words, stink on them. I don't think any of them are getting in this year. I would like to see some of them, just to get the get this off the table, I said many times what I felt the solution for Bonds is, is give him an at-bat. You can't look me in the eye and tell me that Bonds wouldn't start, couldn't start, what, 20 games for the Giants? Just give him one at-bat, and it restarts his Hall of Fame clock, and we can deal with this all again in five years. I've been saying that. No one listens to me. No one listens to me. So there are other candidates on there who I think deserve a lot of consideration, and possible recognition. Uh, Larry Walker and Todd Helton both had fantastic careers. Yes, their numbers were partially boosted by playing in Coors Field, but they didn't play 162 games in Coors Field. And they had wonderful, wonderful careers. And it would be an interesting moment for the Colorado Rockies franchise who have zero Hall of Famers. And I'm not talking about, like, great Rockies in the past. I'm talking about anyone who played even a game with the Rockies, not one is currently in Shrine in Cooperstown. So to have the first one be someone like Walker or Helton, who has such a great uh, history with the Rockies, I think would go a long way. I think Walker deserves a lot. I think they both do. And I would have no problem if either one of them won. I would have no problem if Scott Rowland got voted in. Uh, I know Andrew Jones has his defenders and detractors, as does Omar Vizquel, 
I think Andrew Jones has a more um, complete argument. Uh, I'd, I'd have no problem if Kurt Schilling got in. And not just because I'm a Red Sox fan, but I think he had a wonderful career. Do I agree with him politically? No, I don't. In fact, Kurt Schilling and I, and this is a bizarre sentence to say, once got into an argument on Twitter about evolution. Neither one of us are biologists. Just take that for what it is. Uh, but we know Derek Jeter's getting in the Hall of Fame. We know. He may get unanimously voted in. And I would have no problem with him being unanimously voted in. Now, there are Jeter detractors out there. And yes, I know that he has not exactly been a Hall of Fame executive while running the Marlins. Yes, I know that defensively he was sometimes a liability in the Yankee infield. Yes, I know that while he had some wonderful postseasons, he also had some terrible postseasons. And yes, I know that <clears throat> he has this, you know, this aura of he would have done everything to win, but at the same time, he he didn't move to third base when Alex Rodriguez showed up because A-Rod was the best shortstop of the two of them. You know, people wonder, was Jeter the best shortstop of all time? There were a bunch of years he wasn't even the best shortstop on his own infield. I get all that. And the detractors are going to be coming out like crazy. And I also acknowledge that his farewell tour was so obnoxious. It was just so like, okay, we get it. We get it. He's retiring. But it was treated like everything he did was said such significance. I get it. And Al, I was a Red Sox fan. I still am. But I lived in New York for the giant chunk of the rise of Jeter. You think that I wasn't sick of Jeter? You think I didn't hate those Jeter teams? How could you hate those teams? Very easily. Because they had this sort of holier-than-thou stink about them. I hated it. I so I hated that team. And so I get all that. But he's obviously a Hall of Famer. Had a wonderful career, 3,000 hits, giant postseason highlights, some great years. A couple of years he probably could have won the MVP. He had a great career. And if your hatred of Jeter and the Yankees is so strong you can't admit that, then, you know, that's a you problem. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. And for that reason, I have no reason if he get I have no reason to complain if he gets in unanimously, because I believe he's a Hall of Famer. And if everyone votes yes, he's a Hall of Famer, and it's unanimous, I would say, all right, fine. I'd have no problem with that. You have to remember that a unanimous Hall of Fame selection does not mean they're declaring them the greatest player of all time. The question is not, is he the best player of all time? The question is, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And just because some idiots in past generations didn't vote for Willie Mays, some didn't vote for Henry Aaron, some didn't vote for Babe Ruth or Joe DiMaggio or Yogi Berra or, or Christy Mathieson or Bob Gibson or Tom Seaver or Greg Maddox or Ken Griffey Jr. You know, because there are some dumbbells out there, there's a few dumbbells who didn't vote for Nolan Ryan, a few dumbbells who didn't vote for Cal Ripken. I get it, but that's a mistake. They were wrong. And when you continue to do a mistake just because, well, this is how they did in the past, you are engaged in a bizarre exercise of saying that was bad before and we won't correct it. 
The question isn't who's the greatest player of all time. It isn't. Look at what's a movie everyone seems to like? E.T. I don't know anyone who hates E.T. If you hate E.T., then send me a tweet at Sully Baseball. But I think it's safe to say a lot of people like E.T. Let's say I get 10 people together and I ask each one of them, do you like E.T.? Yes. Do you like E.T.? Yes. Do you like E.T.? Yes. Do you like E.T.? And I ask all 15, say, yeah, I like E.T. And I ask that about other movies. Did you like The Godfather? Did you like The Notebook? Did you like Titanic? Did you like Star Wars? And E.T. is the only one that gets 100%. Does that mean that that group was saying that E.T. was the greatest movie of all time? No. They're just asked, did they like it? Did it fit this criteria? Yes, no. Is Derek Jeter a Hall of Famer? Yes. If you say no, then your bias is so intense that you just need to calm down and count to 10. The question is not who's the greatest player of all time. Now, if he happens to get 100% and Hank Aaron didn't get 100%, that doesn't mean the voters are declaring Derek Jeter better than Hank Aaron. It means that there were some voters when Hank Aaron was on the ballot who were numbskulls. And that is a technical term. So my prediction is, and they were going to announce this very soon, my prediction is that there's only going to be one Hall of Fame member, and that's going to be Derek Jeter. And I think it'll be, I actually don't think it'll be in the 100%, because I think there's a couple of sports writers who will probably have a grudge. So I think it'll be in the 90s, and in the end it won't matter, because he'll be a Hall of Famer, that's all anyone remembers. I don't remember if Hank Aaron had a higher total than Tom Seaver, or if they had a higher total than Juan Marichal. I just know that they're all Hall of Famers. Now, I know Derek Jeter will be in the second half of this podcast, but I wonder if anyone else will join him. Well, we got the results in, and it's more than just Jeter, and I'm really, really surprised. I did not think that Larry Walker was going to get enough votes to make it to the Hall of Fame, but he did. He did. He got 304 votes. He just squeaked in. He needed 75% to get in, and he got 76.6%. And good for Larry Walker, and hey... Good for the Colorado Rockies, who are retiring Larry Walker's number, and they finally have a Hall of Famer. And it is in a situation like, all due respect to friend of the podcast, Dale Murphy, who, a uh, very gracious man who I was hoping would get into the Hall of Fame this year and join Ted Simmons. Uh, it, Larry Walker is a true Colorado Rocky with great years, MVP with the Rockies. I mean, Dale Murphy only played a handful of games with Colorado. That's why I said I would rather at first Rocky be someone who you associate with the Rockies and you certainly do with Larry Walker and I'm glad that he got in. Uh, Derek Jeter to the stunning surprise of absolutely nobody got in. He got in with 99.7% of the vote. One vote shy of unanimity. I I don't know who the vote is. I don't really care because whether you get in with 76.6% of the vote like Larry Walker on his 10th ballot with 99.7% on the first ballot like Derek Jeter, it doesn't matter to me. You're in the Hall of Fame. It's binary to me. I don't care about first ballot, second ballot. You're in, are you a Hall of Famer? Yeah, you're in. Boom, congratulations. And Jeter is in, and that's all anyone remember, and he's not going to be on the other ballot. 
I wonder, I, you know, by the time you hear this, I'll probably reveal who was the other writer, but the announcements were just made. I want to get my initial reactions. I wonder if the one writer who held out was not doing it because they didn't want to see Jeter be unanimously elected because Willie Mays did it, because Aaron, you know, Hank Aaron and, and Ruth and DiMaggio did it. I wonder if this was a voter who had some amount of loyalty to Andre Dawson and Tony Perez, the two Hall of Famers who were unceremoniously and, well, kind of finkishly dumped by Derek Jeter when he took over the Marlins. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. So do you want, I'm a big Tony Perez guy or I'm a big Andre Dawson guy or whatever. Uh, I don't like how he treated him. He's going to get in anyway. He's not going to get my vote. I'm not a huge fan of those kind of shenanigans because I think... Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer, but do you know what? Who cares? He's in the Hall of Fame. Fine. Or do you know what? I shouldn't say who cares because I don't really like that phrase. I got to be more honest. I don't care. Someone else may care, may want to have it be unanimous. Uh, 99.7% of the vote, that's pretty decent. Now, the other thing that is interesting is that next year's first year ballots, the first year uh, players who are on it for the first time, are going to, there's no Hall of Famer in that bunch. It's a bunch of Barry Zitos and Mark Burleys and Tim Hudsons and, you know, players who had nice careers, Torrey Hunters. They, they all had nice careers, but none of them are Hall of Famers. There is no person in this upcoming class, first-year batch, who's going to get into the Hall of Fame. And then you look up and you see Kurt Schilling got to 70%. Well, folks, get ready. On Kurt Schilling's ninth ballot, he is the biggest name on the ballot with the biggest amount of votes that are still floating in there. And Kurt, here's what I got to say to you. First of all, don't debate your pal Sully on evolution. Secondly, keep your trap shut for a little bit. I know it's an election year and Trump and all this garbage is going on. Keep your trap shut. What about freedom of speech? No, it's not about freedom of speech. No one's putting Kurt Schilling in jail for saying something stupid. Just play the politics in terms of getting people to like you. Be funny, be alphabetical. Do you what? You've got millions of dollars in the bank, or maybe you still don't. I don't know. Maybe you lost it all on that weird video game thing that you did in Rhode Island. Hire a comedy writer. Make yourself seem affable. Make it easier to swallow. All right? Now, uh, I mean, other people, Bonds got up to 60.7%. Clemens got up to 61%. But I don't know if that's enough of a leap. I mean, they got two more years to pull this off. The interesting one is Omar Vizquel, whose candidacy I understand, I don't 100% agree with, but I I understand. And his third year of eligibility has already passed the 50% threshold. Um, It's interesting how... You know, Todd Helton is only at 29.2%. And Scott Rowland, a guy whose career I think deserves a lot of examination for a Hall of Fame consideration, is only at 35.3%. But that's just me. And one more little note about this Hall of Fame class, which is going to include Ted Simmons, the late Marvin Miller, Derek Jeter, and Larry Walker. Walker will probably go in as a Colorado Rocky, the first ever Colorado Rocky. I mentioned that before. 
But remember, he was a member of the 1994 Montreal Expos, the team that had the best record in the National League when the strike hit, the team that was looked like it was going to beat the Braves for the division title in that year, and was an enormously talented team. And now they could, we can look back at that team and see they had two Hall of Famers, Larry Walker and Pedro Martinez. Oh, what could have been with that 1994 Montreal Expos. Well, congratulations to Larry Walker and Derek Jeter. I know you listen to this podcast. And there you go. Another year, another time where we're having the Hall of Fame vote. And my voice is going out, so... I hope you appreciate what a uh, heroic Kirk Gibson moment we just had with me doing this podcast today. And I, I really think I deserve a little Hall of Fame consideration, too. But you can go to the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. You can like me on on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, all the places we get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnMLB. Lots of cool stuff is being done there by Eric and company. Follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball. Looking at the Hall of Fame results and surprised that it was more than just Jeter. This is the Locked On MLB podcast for the 20, what is it, 22nd day we're dropping it of January 2020. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.